we're going to go ahead and we're going to start this now. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're listening. It's Friday, October 15th, and you're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you the delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> you're Every a punk. Time. You're a punk. Love it. <laughs> I had to. Love I don't it. Know. I just I'm doing to. great. Today's the day we off for me. Feels good. They, they always feel better that way. You got a day off? That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. I do not have a day off, most certainly. Certainly on the on the work train today. Well, we have a uh, a special guest with us today. It's been a little bit since we've had our senior field correspondent for uh, all things VR, XR, RX. I don't know what else the R's are. Daniel okay. Platinum okay, Flat. Yeah. What's up, brother? Yeah, lots of lots of realities going on, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> good. and you're all the you're realities. Corresponding for all of them. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's good. I'm freezing my butt off in my basement. It's freezing here in Utah, so uh, wow. it, it's a good time. There you go. We're going, we're going camping this weekend, and it's already supposed to get down into the 40s at night in Texas, which was surprising to me because that kind of happened overnight. It was like 90s last weekend. Now it's going to be 72 and 40s at night, which is awesome for camping, by the way. But that still, where did that come from? Oh. Well, uh, it's been it's been also kind of, it's also been a little bipolar because that's Texas weather for you, where it's like you know, like it's. I think yesterday morning it was nice and cool, and you know everything was fine. And then today it's incredibly humid and hot. I'm sweating in my house in the middle it's of gross. October, and that's incredibly awkward. But yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, I'm gonna move on to this day in tech history, and this time <laughs> I'm not gonna be the one guessing the date because what? I'm gonna be the one reading. That's right. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, so still here's guess. what we got here. Just uh, I could still guess, uh, and maybe may, you know what? Maybe I'll venture one. Um, but I'm going to actually read two things because I want to start with yesterday's today in tech history, and then we will move on to today's tech in, his, in <gasps> today's history because we have one because we're starting late. Wow. So I'm going to start with yesterday's, October 14th. I will not state the year. The Atari launches the home oh, video game system the oh, vcs no. uh well ooh. also known as the atari 2600 for those that are serious oh i no i gotta give it to i gotta give it to russ i'm gonna go with early 80s could be like 80 81 i wanted to say aaron, late 70s Daniel, but aaron already took you, it yeah, I, I was gonna say late 70s but yeah, two late 70s and we I'll, got an I'll, early 80s I'll put an actual year on it. I'll I'll say okay. seventy seven. You got seventy seven. And then I think Aaron said seventy nine. And then right. Tyler gave what I would personally consider to be the best answer right. in the early eighties. However, for some reason, and I don't know why, it is wrong. Uh, uh, and the year is nineteen seventy seven. Hey! Daniel Platt is the winner. Hey! However, it is an important thing to state that Aaron's guess of 1979 is the year with which it became the best-selling Christmas gift. So oh, see, it really took off in 79. Remembers it. Yeah, he remembers that from 1979. Yeah, because he was – that's right. Because Aaron Aaron's the old one here. That's right. I remember that. So excellent guesses. Here's the thing. Can you go two for two, Daniel? I don't Probably know. Probably not. Because <laughs> now we're moving to today's <laughs> today in tech history. Uh, I think it's going to be more difficult, personally. So this is October 15th, obviously. 
that the Edison Electric Light Company was formed. So Thomas Edison and a group of investors formed the Edison Electric Light Company. The goal of this company was to provide financial support for Edison's electric light experiments and to work on developing an electrical lighting system for an entire city. Pretty important day in history. What year? Ooh, I've I've watched a couple documentaries on this, but <gasps> I don't. Ooh, we got a cheater uh, in the room. Well, I'm not looking. I'm not looking at anything oh, live right now. Tough. But man, I, I'm going to say 1892. <laughs> Tyler, wow, uh, gosh, lights. I always want to say the 20s, but I've been wrong too many times, so I'm not going to go with the 20s. Um, uh, light. I just I don't have a point of reference. 1887. Okay. We got 1887 and 18. Did you say 90 something, Daniel? Is that what it was? Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to say 1879. 1879. Okay. Aaron is on some form of a roll here today. <laughs> he's Uh-oh. because he's been. The closest without getting it right twice. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is no, Daniel got 18, it right. No, Daniel nailed what, it. Daniel I said he's head. been the closest without getting it right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying here. So uh, he said 1879. The answer is 1878. Ooh. I was, I was, I was yeah, just grandma. as close. Beginning uh, or end? I said 1877, didn't I? Or did I say He said 87. So who wins today? Uh, Well, Daniel, you win because you actually got one (laughs) right. Um, You know, he was he was a grand total off by three years between the two of them. But you know, I I like that Aaron's guess was exactly a hundred years apart and awfully close both times. Yeah, I actually thought that was a good strategy to take in this particular scenario. Uh, Okay. I'm very what familiar news? with the 70s in all centuries. It's just kind of my clearly. Thing. It's yeah. just, wow. it's just as I'm impressed. <laughs> that's uh, that's Aaron coming live from REI. We might add, so he's you know mm-hmm. doing double duty right now. Uh, and what do we Nashville, got? North Carolina. Ooh, that's right. And traveling, traveling with the family, which I think Aaron, you said was the first time in six years, seven. Oh Something well, like yeah, that? no, not the first time traveling with my family, but the first time right, doing it, yeah, seeing all of your reunion. oh, the family reunion, yeah. the all extended family. I was like, no yeah. way, yeah, cool, yep, 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 very good, very exciting. Well, who has our first topic of the day? Actually, you know what? I'm going to say our first topic of the day. I think I'm just guessing that this might be the first TBP, maybe I don't actually know, Merber. coming live from Windows 11. Oh, Ooh. who is using Windows 11 cool. here? Not me. Not, Not me. on this PC. I got I'm on it. iOS. I, I, I'm yeah. the one. That's right. <laughs> Aaron's like, I'm really far away from Windows 11. Um, I am using Windows 11. Uh, and I will tell you guys, it's unfinished. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much the review that I can give. It, it works perfectly fine. I have not actually had any issues whatsoever. Uh, and I have not even done a clean install yet. I will do a clean install probably this weekend or next weekend. Just uh, hit that little refresh button that is now handy in Windows. But uh, I have not done it yet. And so far, it's been fine. Um, Games I use. I mean, this computer is dedicated to basically TBP and games. Um, I can't use it for anything serious because it's a security problem. (laughs) Um, uh, Other than that, uh, 
it's it's been good. In fact, I was surprised to learn, you know, some of these games I play have kernel level drivers in them for uh, security purposes for like anti cheat. Mm. And uh, those worked perfectly day one. I literally upgraded day uh-huh. one and uh, played a game that day with kernel level anti cheat, no problem whatsoever. Which basically tells me uh, that this is Windows 10 with uh, a, a centered taskbar, and and that's pretty much, and then some rounded corners. Like that's that's what we're working with today. Nice. But, so they know, put a skin it's working. on it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, speaking of that, by the way, I, I mentioned kernel level anti cheat. I don't know if you guys heard Call of Duty Warzone is adding anti-cheat and it's going to be kernel level. This is a good thing. I know everyone's going to talk about this. Scan my files, whatever else. Use your How gaming computer for gaming, people. Like, What's wrong with you? And uh, problem is the source code leaked yesterday. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's being reverse engineered and it's already all over these cheating forums. It's, it's a real bad look. I'm That's not going to lie. Fantastic. Yeah, Watch it's, the uh, source code, people. It's funny if you saw my group text with like uh, a group of you know my gaming friends, you would see this. When I messaged first, kernel level anti cheat for Call of Duty, there was like this big hurrah and cheer. And then this morning, I send them, and the source code has been leaked, (laughs) and everyone was like, "No!" (laughs) So it was uh, lots of lots of mixed emotions, you know, flying back and forth on that one. Love it. All right, anti cheat um, out of the way. Windows eleven out of the way. What else do we got? Well, I'm I'm on here, which usually means there's some kind of XR news. There is, so, and I will it's tell you to overlay for that. Like <laughs> it's time for XR news with Daniel. All right, yeah. well, we're just gonna we're just gonna crop that out, and <laughs> that's what we're gonna use as our overlay. Um, I, I got to be honest. I know what you're talking about, and it is the release of HTC's new headset. Oh, I admittedly. Headsets have not seen anything detail-wise other than what this thing looks like. So I'm flying completely blind. Tell me about it as someone who knows nothing about it. Well, I love the title from the bird. That's all I saw, that in the picture, and I cracked up. So I I I am looking forward to... uh... Yeah, normally normally, uh, I get a little sneak peek at some hardware uh but this is one that's not really focused on what i focus on as a company so we didn't get early access to it um but is it, it because it's a, you guys like vr say that again is it because you guys like vr <laughs> we, we, we <laughs> like we like all the realities but <laughs> i'm just i'm cracking up so anybody that that hasn't looked this up look it up the title of yeah. the first article i saw about the ht htc vibe flow is that it's a 499 dollar uh vr for people who don't like vr which i just got a good chuckle on and yeah. now i want to hear details all Why right would so this such a thing daniel why yeah so so here here's what i understand from it and uh, admittedly there's there's a lot of questions in my mind still after having read a bunch of articles. So I, yeah, I, I don't, I can't give a full, uh, a full opinion on this, but here, here's what I do know. One, it's pretty interesting looking. It looks like it could be like AR glasses, but it is not. Right. It, it definitely <laughs> takes this. Like there's no, as far as I can tell the picture I'm looking at, there's no strap that goes over the head at all. It literally looks like a pair of, incredibly front-loaded 
glasses, like heavily yeah. front loaded yeah. glasses. Yeah. Now, now there there is no. I, there's, I, think, I think there's a tiny battery in it that doesn't give you very long, um, and it, so. Oh no. It, it's not as heavy as others. If you look at some of the pictures, they try and hide it actually. But you look at some of the pictures. There's a usually a cord that goes around the back side of things, and that plugs into both a battery as well as a phone. If you want to connect it to a phone, so it does look front heavy, but it doesn't look as front heavy as some other devices because there's not that battery at the front of the headset. So I'll I'll say that um, it's using a XR1 chip, which is a few, it's it's one generation old from a lot of the current big hardware, like the Quest 2, which uses the XR2, um, as well as... Who makes the, that? Is that from NVIDIA? It's it's a Qualcomm. It's Qualcomm? Chip. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep, so that's the like first generation XR chip. Um, it is substantially lower power than, uh, than some of the other headsets out there. Um Yes. So Aaron brings up one of the things on here. Let me let me get the actual word right on this. It has diopter lenses in it. I am not an expert in anything with with glasses and all of that. In fact, I'm proud of my amazing vision. So <laughs> I, 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 I may uh, I, I may say this wrong, but yeah, there's some adjustments you can do on each eye for the headset that I believe can help correct nearsightedness. Um, so nearsightedness part. Are part, you saying that if someone I don't wears or nearsightedness, they could adjust these lenses to maybe not have to wear their glasses? Is that Correct. the idea? That's the way it reads. Like yeah. in the VR. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder which one well, they're actually correcting. Cause, cause it's, I'm kind of curious where the focal point actually is. You think it's that close yeah. to your eye. So being farsighted would be a problem, but it might not be because you're already focusing far away. So maybe it is actually correcting nearsightedness. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know much of those, much of that vocabulary in the, in the optics world. So yeah, but, but it is to me, it it is like the first headset that, that does that. That is cool. Uh, So you're saying it's, it it has, it it is not an AR headset. Um, It does have mixed reality capabilities. So if you look at some of the pictures, there's some hidden cameras underneath some of those lenses. That said, I have not seen any screenshots of what mixed reality looks like through this headset. So take that with a gr- design to like walk around and like wear down the sidewalk. You know what I mean? Is it not? Yeah. Like it almost has a sunglasses look. I would be surprised to see anyone wearing this in public. But. <laughs> Hopefully not. What's interesting is, is it? I'm seeing so pictures cool here. I'm looking on it. that article that uh, Tyler mentioned from The Verge that said this is for a VR. VR for people who don't like VR. Uh, there's people who talked about it. Looks like there's there's been this external cable that's been connected to this thing in all these pictures, and people have been complaining. They're like, "Well, is it not truly wireless?" That is apparently a like seventy nine dollar battery pack that you use to be able to get the headset to work for four or five hours. I think Daniel, you mentioned that this has a small battery in it. Yeah. I, I think long. it's like a, that, a five minute battery. It's good enough to turn on in time for you to plug it into the other battery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting headset. Um, I believe it's 1600 by 1600 per eye. It's a hundred degree field of view, which is not as high as some of the other VR headsets. 
Uh, it's only got 60 gigs of storage on it. Uh, now that the phone thing is, yeah, I mean the the Focus Three is like 1,200 bucks, so I guess relative, it's cheaper. Yeah. But also, I, it doesn't have controllers to it except for your phone, so you can connect certain Android phones to it. Um, and it looks like the the three DOF controllers, where it's basically like a laser pointer, and you can swipe on your phone for gestures for it. Huh. Uh, so did you say I, gestures. He did. Well, the side. You said gestures. I'm I'm I did. That came off my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what I'm reading here is it says HTC wants people to use the Vive Flow for visually immersive but mostly stationary experiences. So it's like it's a media consumption correct device. Yeah. So from what I. <laughs> From what I can tell, one, so th there is this ability to view your phone in it. It literally just shows a rectangle of your phone in VR. Um, so you can, can I guess, look at, yay. yeah. Wait, okay. No, not yet. Yeah, so, so that's one thing. I, yeah, not, not my favorite implementation of that. That seems like a pretty uh, good way to, that's a reason to buy these glasses so you can actually see your phone. That's the goal, yeah. right? So you can't see your phone well, put on VR, have it mirror it, you can see your phone better. Yeah. And then there's a there's a curated like store for this that seems to be focused around media consumption, like you said. Um, so I guess some Netflix and Disney apps for it is what some mm -hmm. of the things I've seen online said, as well as a lot of mental well-being apps. So um, okay. lots huh. of meditation apps and, and those kinds of things. It, it does support Vive Sync which is, you know, Vive's collaboration app, but it seems like they're not really interested in anyone else having an app for it that does that. So not really a focus it's, of the headset, which is what we, we typically focus on. Right. It's funny. I saw this um, whenever I think someone sent a link in the TBB community, it's probably you, Daniel. And then a, another buddy of mine who I work with sent me, and it's kind of the same link. And I hadn't, I didn't click on it, but I just, when, when I was looking at it, I said, I was like, man, I feel like this is going to be good for my buddy's business. But if they're not really focusing on it, because I felt like I feel like part of the issue with VR for for some people is literally the headset itself and just putting on these glasses sort of thing, which, by the way, I will tell you, in every picture I've seen, the person wearing the glasses is holding their head up. Has anyone noticed that? Now, now that you mention like, it, you know what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm wondering if like this thing can't even stay on your head if you're moving it around. Oh, wow. Like if you're meant to be stationary and just looking at a screen and leaning back in a chair, I guess that makes sense. But if this thing won't stay on your head because it's so front heavy <laughs> and there's nothing strapped around your head, it may not work for doing things like looking around and yeah. trying to interact and do yeah. your work and stuff. Yeah. So it's a real interesting headset. It's a six off headset with a three off tracking. So you can move around in the headset and I guess... You know, you, you get that video passed through with mixed reality Can you with explain it. Off for the listeners who don't know that by uh, pronouncing the acronym. Yeah, degrees of freedom. So three degrees of freedom is basically just rotational. So you look left, you look right, you look up, you look down. Um, but if you move forward or you move backwards or side to side, up down, um, that is not part of three off. That is considered six degrees of freedom. So six off. So uh, a three off. Uh, controller means if you move the controller left and right, it doesn't really see that. It just sees the rotation of it. Um, but you can sixth off the headset, which means you can walk around and move with it. 
I don't know if I said that in a very clear way, but it makes oh, sense did. to me. Uh, the thing I'm wondering is this device doesn't appear to replace anything in the Vive lineup. It's it's additive Correct. for this Correct. purpose, right? Yeah. Yep. Now I, I I've seen some people say this makes a lot of sense for the Asia market, which does have uh, a lot of market share for, or it has a big market share for media consumption devices. So people that want you know screens to view things but don't have much space to have you know an oh, 80 right. inch TV in their house or something like that. Um, or in Russ's case, like a 120 inch display in his house. <laughs> That's right. Two of them. Let's get it. Yeah. Let's get it straight. One on each so, side. Any direction yeah. you look. So, you know, HTC, I like them as a company. I hope they do well with this. Uh, will it do, will this headset do well in the States? Probably not is my personal opinion, but maybe it will do well in Asia. We'll see. Um, the other headset that kind of had, it was kind of announced by the CEO and there wasn't a big marketing thing as far as I saw for it is the magic leap Two, um, which they're an interesting company. Um, so their CEO yes, stepped are. down, what, like two years ago, something like that. Yep. Uh, and he was replaced with a former Microsoft exec named Peggy Johnson. Uh, and she's kind of been leading the company since. And hopefully it, they're they're on the right track now. I know they just announced a five hundred million dollar new Whoa, investment. Oh yeah, I just company. saw that. They just got another five hundred million in funding. Yeah. Whoa. So wow, they are one of the most well financed private companies out there. Uh, but there's, I mean, what does that bring their funding up to? It's got to be oh, over man. a billion. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're at like two and a half or three billion at this point. Whoa! They have a two billion dollar valuation, but their funding. Which, I thought by the they way, already I think it was down hundred million. Yeah, uh, their previous round of funding, I believe, was higher, but don't quote me on that. So as they, they seem to have gone down in valuation. That is just uh, that is crazy to me. I can't you know can't say too much because I've I have worked with them in the past, but it's um. That's just fascinating. It's incredibly fascinating to me that uh, just knowing knowing where they were going. If you check any of the the coverage on them, I just don't think I saw another five hundred million coming. But they clearly, in my in my opinion, what I think they've struggled with in the past, and I can't really confirm this, but maybe you know, Daniel. To me, I felt like they had struggled to actually produce a working prototype or version of anything that they had been pushing which all look like incredibly interesting and cool things from these i mean they look like true like vr type glasses or ar xr type glasses they really do yeah and like the demos you see from them are incredible i i'd imagine that if they got another 500 million they clearly must have had something to show i, I think at this yeah, point yeah. in their Quite timeline it. they had to have had something to show to someone to be able to to get that funding, that's that's good for them, man. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I, I just saw that they've now raised three point five billion. Yeah, total. that sounds wow. about right. Three point five billion in funding. Yeah. Name another amazing. company that got that. <laughs> Name one. I, Michael Dell didn't. I've been reading his book. Yeah, he he had a thousand dollars. He was working with with capital. <laughs> <laughs> it, it turned yeah. out all right for him, though. He seems to be doing fine. So uh, an interesting thing, one, this, this headset looks a little cooler than the, than the first one, which, by the way, I do think the, the Magic Leap one looked pretty cool. Uh, but the field of view on it was 
pretty terrible. It looks like this one increases the field of view a tiny bit on the sides, but increases it a lot on the vertical field of view. Um, I'm trying to find an actual. It looks like if, I, if I'm looking side by here, side, it appears to me that the, the, the second one looks a little bit more modern, I guess you could say, would be. Yeah. The word it's just it's a little bit cleaner flatter surfaces it's it doesn't look quite like you know something you'd see in a sci-fi movie i mean it's definitely not yeah. your average thing you see walking down the street but they've they've mm -mm. they've cleaned it up a little bit it looks like in the in the magic yeah. too it's, it's a very low yeah. profile which is i mean it's nice you it is. a lot of the other ones and i wonder I, I mean we've talked about it a little bit before but the all of the straps and stuff and a lot of like the, the gaming um headsets they're they're meant for comfort um this looks really light. Um, it does, which, yeah. which I'm sure is part of the reason that it is so low profile. But I wonder how comfortable it is, how easy it is to kind of it, it. It makes me think because folks obviously can't see it. Basically, it's it's just the loop that would kind of capture the back of your head and then sit on the bridge of your nose. But it makes me wonder if people are going to have problems like you know pushing it up like you do with old school glasses, yeah. right? Yeah. You know what's now, interesting is they're showing this comparison of Magic League 2 and 1, um, and, and it's showing the field of view. What's interesting is what it's focusing on is a lot of the verticality mm -hmm. of the field of view. and not, it, it definitely is more horizontally as well. It, it shows that. But it's dramatically it's more visible ver vertically. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe two, at least 2x, maybe 2.5x. Yeah. It's much, much broader. <laughs> Now, to, to Tyler's comment, I mean, one of the ways they're able to do that where it's really light looking on the front is they have a, a pack that you basically wear with you that does all of the compute and has all the yeah. battery in it. You can see a so wire you, coming out of it, too. So yeah, they, they yeah, obviously... so yeah, so you wear that on the side or whatever, and uh, and then your head's not as heavy, which, which I'm personally actually a fan of. Uh, I, I like that concept for being sure. in totally any right. kind of XR experience for yeah, a longer it's amount so much of time. Lighter on your on your head, yeah. on your face, yeah. and it's probably less yep. hot as a result. And there's there's a lot of benefits. I can see that. It's and it's still on your person. It really shouldn't impact you know the degrees of freedom and, and your ability to move around too much. Um, I, I I totally agree. I don't think it bothers me. That concept actually makes a lot of sense. So that's the that's the Magic League too. I I think one of the interesting things with them is very. Early days, they focused on a consumer headset, which uh, it was not a consumer headset, and they had terrible yeah. sales for. Um, but now they've shifted to wanting to focus on enterprise and enterprise sales. So I, I think there's more of a, a use case for them in that field. So hopefully they do well. You know, it's bad for the XR industry if anyone goes goes under. So that's a good point. Uh, wishing wishing all of them well. Um, but we'll we'll see. I, I we'll probably get one of these uh, in in our office and play around with it. So when that happens, I'll awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll give my full rundown of it. Yeah, yeah it's the hands on. It's funny you say that. The uh, esports is the same thing. Just a young industry, um, or at least it's it's an immature industry that's grown maybe a little too fast. And with that, you know, there's bubble creation and and concerns of it busting and popping, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of people who are like, oh my gosh, the Call of Duty League's an awful idea and Overwatch League's an awful idea. I told you this was going to fail. Like, just very, never been supportive. And it's like they, they just want to be right. And, and I always remind people, I'm like, I want you to know the more right you are, the more likelihood it is that what you love goes away. Right. So you need to be aware of this that if you are a guy who likes watching Counter Strike and you don't care about Call of Duty, that's all well and good. 
you're hipster, you're cool. But you also need to know that if CDL fails and the $300 million of investment money that teams put into this fail, you're not getting any of that's not moving to Counter-Strike. <laughs> that's that's going to another help. industry. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's how this works. So just, you know, keep that in mind, you pundits of esports out there. Um, anyway, sorry, that's my little my little rant. Yeah. I wanted to give an update. You speak of hands-on related things. I had mentioned last time, Daniel is aware of this because because uh, he, he was one of the recipients of a message. My plan to forward messages ah. for my message to my phone on Android <laughs> has been successful. Success. I did it. I can validate that. Yep, I did it. No one said I could do it, but I did it. And uh, it has worked well. I actually have two different servers hosting on. I, I think I had mentioned this, but I, I ordered a uh, a Mac Mini with like 16 gigs of RAM, just like the base model, just added the upgraded memory or whatever. I was able to cancel my other server that I'd ordered for Plex, which was uh, like $20 more expensive than the Mac Mini that I had ordered. And so now I'm just moved Plex to that. I have uh, those two iMessage servers running. I've got the app on my phone. I can use it in a web app on my desktop. And it works everywhere. So I win. That's basically all that matters. Way to go, man. Winning is, I, winning I is. I did it. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the best thing, like my favorite thing so far has been, you know, I'll, I'll send a message. So there's some quirks with the way you have to do this. But basically, I send a message to someone with an iPhone. And I send it via iMessage, which starts another thread because it's tagged to my email as opposed to my phone number. I say, hey, listen. If you take my personal email and you put it into your, you know, my contact information in your phone, it'll merge these two threads. And people are like, nah, that's that's not going to work. I'm like, hey, it's going to work. And it'll be iMessage on the other end. And they're like, no, it won't. And the moment I tell them it's going to be iMessage, every single person is willing to put my email <laughs> into their contact information. And, and I do it. And immediately emerges, and the reactions that I've got, I should make a montage of them because it's it's <laughs> remarkable. Like they lo people lose their minds. They're like, "Teach me your ways. I need to show my brother this or whatever it might be." So, anyways, it's been a success. I have this whole freaking thing automated. I have everything to automatically start up and have the, you know, it'll 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 start up if the if it loses power or connection, or it'll automatically launch the apps whenever it goes. Automatically logs in. I have remote management on it, so. It should be reliable. I've done everything I could to ensure that it can stay yeah. up as long as I have internet and power. It should reconnect and be able to access anywhere. But it's it's worked pretty well. There's a little hiccups here and there, tapbacks I could see, but I can't really do because there's a deprecation of Apple Script that's been happening over time that prevents that from happening. I can get access to private APIs. I'm not going to tell anyone how to do that because it's dangerous, but that could enable... The, the aspects of being able to do tap backs and, and stuff like that, even group messaging, which I can be a part of, but I can't create unless I create it on my desktop. So it's not a perfect solution, but for if you have the contacts that you want to manage through iMessage, pretty easy process to be able to do it. I've, you know, I've got my whole family on it. Everything's working just fine. So yeah, it's pretty solid. It'll be interesting to see what happens if I ever get involved in invited to that beeper program which aggregates sort of all the different messaging platforms together yeah. through through the matrix protocol this might be the the thing that puts me over to finally getting an android because my family will not let me get an android because we have all these group messages <laughs> with with all my siblings and with my parents and all that crap and they're like you cannot get an android because we don't want a green text bubble what's amazing so. to me is is one <laughs> It, it, like the people that I've 
messages to some of them are like oh my gosh i can finally get rid of signal or telegram or whatsapp like it's amazing to me how just vehemently against another messaging app iphone users are it's just remarkable to me but right. your comment daniel it resonates with reddit really well because if you go on air messages reddit or blue bubbles reddit it's another server app that does this <laughs> you will see people that are like oh my god thank you i can finally use my you know <laughs> galaxy s10 in peace like it's just uh it's just remarkable now you have to you know be able to make an investment or have access to a device but you know i've told people before i was like listen if apple released iMessage on android i would pay for it this is me putting my money where my mouth is i paid for a mac mini and I'm hosting the server and I'm doing it. So that's not proof, Apple. If you want to make lives easier of everyone, first off, you could implement RCS. Sorry, Nicholson. It would be better. And <laughs> if you don't want to do that, then release it on Android and let everyone be happy. That would that would help a lot of people out, including your users who cannot block SMS from coming in from Android users, which is less secure. And you know it. So get it figured out. Figure it out. Yes. It was actually a fun project. Um, I enjoyed doing it. it was, it's just cool that it works, you know? It's just kind of a... I don't know. I, I found it to be fun to kind of go through and do it. The error message setup is incredibly easy. It's almost insultingly simple because they have a sort of a cloud service that you can use to do a lot of the sort of uh, dynamic DNSing that is required for something like this to work for obviously a million different IPs that you would hit going, you know, from your house to someone else's house or to your mobile number, all those different things that are, you know, I, I thought might be complex. But it's actually pretty easy. Um, Blue Bubble's a little bit more complicated, which meant it was more fun. I enjoyed that one more, even though I don't think it's quite as stable. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting to see the different uh, methodologies to do this because there, there are a couple different ways that you can go about making this work. And uh, I'd be interested to see what Beeper does if, if and when I get you know invited into that project. I, I hear it could be like a year or more to be able to oh, do wow. it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Well, I have one more speculative XR thing, and I don't want to be the speculative guy. But do it, I want to uh, do it. Yeah, I, yeah I, I saw this on Twitter. I don't, I don't know what you call Twitter connections that are not like friends, but just like people you sometimes interact with anyways there there's a dude on there that uh, i've been following for a while and every once in a while we interact with each other stuff and he announced he was officially joining apple as a uh, xr um developer relation so uh i everyone's kind of expecting that must mean they're getting close i mean to to hire developer relations people that's that's getting close Yep. So we've all known that Apple is going to do something in the space for a while. It seems like now we're finally, like you said, getting really close to it. And I think we're all excited about that because then everyone will think Apple invented uh, AR, VR, everything. And that is an unbelievably hot take that is probably the most (laughs) true thing that's ever been stated on this show. Not only will it now be cool, which, you know, candidly, thank you, Apple, but People will genuinely believe they invented it, which is my favorite thing about Apple is that they just, I am so envious of their brand power. I really am. Like that's a genuine, I just, no one, no other company in the history of this planet has had the brand power that Apple does and just bravo to them for being able to manage that. It just, it's remarkable to me what they're able to do. So, you know, good for them. That's really all I can say. Yep. 
Um, I, last thing I have is the, the Tesla has a new car insurance for Texans. So if you are a Texan and you drive a Tesla, there is a new insurance you can buy through Tesla that uses your real time quote unquote driving score and will offer an insurance for you on that. I'd love to see the rates. I'm always curious about that stuff, but I, uh, any of those insurance programs that monitor your driving, it's like, there's only downside. There's no way that they're going to reduce your rate. But if you stop violently at stop signs ever, like your rate's going to go up. If you accelerate, well, if you want to put the pedal down. Rate, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> going to see your rate go up. Like, what, what can you do as a generic driver that's actually going to reduce your premium? My guess is pretty much nothing. Drive like a grandma. I don't even know that would do it. And by uh, how much, right? Like, the, the upside risk is far exceeds the downside benefit, you know, to cost. So weird. You know, what's funny is I expect a lot of people to take advantage of this. And my favorite part of this is that it's going to create the opportunity for incredibly hypocritical behavior, and which is just fun for me. I enjoy it. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people who are like, I don't like to be tracked to my phone. While but I'm going to sign up Tesla, and I'm going to enable this but I get Tesla. less. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's exactly that's going to happen. It's it's guaranteed. Oh and uh, and I'm going to point it out You're because so I, true. I I don't so think true. there's any way that I'll be able to avoid it candidly. Um so yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. That'll be fun. Although I don't think although I guess that they'll this is probably going to be viewed as Tesla's the first person to do this cuz you can do it through the car and the software. But you know, they've, there's been. I think Progressive has a little thing you can like put in your car, and they'll monitor your driving habits there too. Yeah. So that's this actually isn't the first time that this has happened. No, of course not. Yep. They, they, It'll be better. They, if I, it's Tesla, right? Of course, it's going to be so much better. And look, if they <laughs> if if we find on average that you can actually reduce your premium, then I'd be really interested in. Also, all bets are off if signing up for that program is in and of itself going to be a much more affordable insurance premium. That's that is potential, right? And then, okay, yeah, you sign up for trapping, but you're still paying less than you would through other providers, uh, even if you do stop violently and accelerate faster than you should on average. Um, but I, I'm, again, super skeptical, right? What's interesting is that if this could, um, you know, when you measure something to, to, to get a desired behavior, you oftentimes get it. I, you know, I think to my, my insurance, it's, it's not very expensive, but it, it probably was when I was a kid. You know, it's just, it's mm-hmm. just the nature of insurance. I wonder if for kids, which will eventually drive Teslas, I guarantee you there's going to be kids in Prosper. No, I'll guarantee you there are kids in Prosper right now driving teslas i'll guarantee it and <laughs> i i wonder if that would be an element of like hey you're going to pay for your insurance and this is how you're going to control it by driving better i wonder if there'd be a way to get like desired behavior off of putting the onus on kids who are needing to learn to deal with finances i, I could see that being a tool a parenting tool that would be used so you know i, yeah. I don't know if it's you know gonna be universal but i could see it happening i i could also see this being a bridge into when self-driving is totally its own thing where Tesla basically insures themselves and insures yeah. a vehicle based off of that. I think that's probably sure. what we're seeing the beginning of here. That, that'd be my guess. Yep. Um, so not too. Well, I, I, I know we have a hard stop soon. Um, we do. Does anyone have, I have anything well, else? I, yeah, I had a question. Did any of you guys watched billion dollar code yet on Netflix? No. Billion dollar code. No, yeah, I'm I don't even know what it is. Go so, watch the Squid Games, which is 
absolutely insane. I just don't know any other way to put it. It just is. (laughs) Yeah. So after you finish Squid Games, go check out Billion Dollar Code. It's just kind of the interesting (laughs) story behind TerraVision, which is like the first company that actually created um, Google Maps. Um, And then Google did the Google thing and Mm -hmm. uh, stole stole some patents and copyright infringement. Not not copyright, (laughs) but patent infringement. And and all these things friends they're all good they love us they wouldn't do yeah. things like that so if you're interested you know this it, it's obviously uh a, a for entertainment show so there's probably a little bit of uh added drama to it but uh, if anyone's interested in kind of seeing kind of how uh tech lawsuits work and uh and how uh some of the the big tech companies play uh, it's it's definitely worth a watch in my opinion cool I'll check it out. Yeah, I like it. And uh, I'll I'll close with one other thing as well. We were talking about scanning and invasive stuff. Remember that? uh, I don't know what it was called, but Apple had the scanning thing. It was for like the child, you know, explicit stuff, the the bad things. Remember that? They put it on hold. And I remember that there was a, uh, we had mentioned before that there was a, I think Stanford or some university who had done similar research years ago. And they basically said to Apple, they're like, Hey, please don't do this. This is, this is a bad look. Like it's, it's not going to work the way you think it is. Like, don't do this. Um, and I remember I, I had sort of said like, Hey, maybe listen to these people or talk to them. But it, what's what I saw here is, is that a, uh, a, a cybersecurity research firm of some kind has done a study since that report came out. They've been, they've been focusing on a study and it basically said that the, the child, the phone scanning for child safety features is invasive, ineffective, and dangerous. And it's a 46-page report on basically telling Apple, please don't do this. So please it'll don't. be interesting to see, you know, what comes from, obviously, external parties trying to, you know, provide their opinion on this for a feature that I think we all expect Apple plans to, to do and release. Uh, but has pushed back based because the uh i guess the public sentiment was was quite negative at the time so interesting to see i haven't read the report uh i don't know the the specifics of it it basically says that the expansion of the surveillance powers of the state really is passing a red line um this is a professor of engineering at the university of cambridge that apparently is a member of this research group that did this and uh it, it goes from aside from security or i'm sorry surveillance concerns the findings indicated that, te- that the technology was not effective at identifying images of child sexual abuse. Within days of Apple's announcement, they said people had pointed out ways to avoid detection by editing the images slightly. So, you know, maybe because we know that now there's a better way about going to do it. But based on the way that they were trying to do this, it, it, there was an idea of there's some national database that is accessible that you can reference to be able to hit known types of images that's the case an altered image wouldn't fall within that so you know interesting thing they, there's there's more here uh if you want to check it out it's actually on uh, it looks like macrumors.com is where this comes from is the report and uh the actual plan i guess is detailed somewhere in the new york times and uh there's documents released from from researchers across this so something interesting to look at check it out read on it maybe share your opinion on it pro or con for apple because i think that's kind of what needs to be done in this particular regard whether whether or not you're for it or not i think i think they need to hear both sides so interesting stuff released from research research group on this one 
And with that, Tyler, I think it might be time that we shut her down. I like it because that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Daniel, thanks so much for joining us. This is tons of fun. Always great to get your perspective. Fun to hear your voice. Just an exciting show in general. Lots of energy, all that goodness. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for subscribing. Have a wonderful weekend, and hopefully we'll see you with a lot of shows next week. Peace. Peace. Later.